Hey, y'all, you're listening to the Join the Journey podcast with your host, Emma Dodder. To learn more about today's reading or to read along with us, check out jointhejourney.com. Thanks for joining. Today, we've got some new intro music just because listening to the same podcast every single day can get old. So we want to try to mix it up every once in a while. And if you're just now joining us for our summer Bible reading plan, I'm glad you're here. We've got tons of new friends jumping in this summer, and it's definitely a great time to think about who else might want to read the Bible with us throughout the summer and invite them to join. A few housekeeping things before we dive in. First, new journals are here. If you were reading along throughout the first half of the year, your journal's out of pages. You can get a new one on Amazon. Just search Join the Journey Volume 2. And if you've never checked out the journal, now might be a great time to pick one up. For me personally, I often am easily distracted when I read my Bible or pray. Writing down my study notes and writing out my prayers really helps me stay engaged as I seek to meet with the Lord. The journal gives you some prompts to aid you in Bible study, some additional helpful resources, and space to record your prayers. It's always neat to flip back months or even years later and see how God answered them. But today, we're in Mark chapter 1, and as I looked back on my notes from the last time I read Mark— I noticed I wrote, Jesus was in the business of being interrupted. And that idea just stopped me in my tracks because in verse 35, it's clear that Jesus wanted to get some alone time. He left super early in the morning. It was still dark out and he went to a place where he could be alone to pray. It's obvious he was trying to be alone, but then Simon and whoever was with him looked high and low and they found Jesus. He was interrupted. And that just made me think, How does Jesus respond to interruptions? What are we to make of Jesus intentionally getting some alone time? And how should I respond when other people infringe on my plans or my schedule? A couple months ago, back in April, I was overwhelmingly busy. I was out of town for a week. It was Easter. And then we had our church leaders conference. And the combination of all those things meant that my typical work and home life rhythms would be a little disjointed. But I'd prepared for those events, so I'd scheduled my responsibilities, accounting for all those fun but incredibly busy weeks and weekends. I thought I had it all planned out, and I wasn't worried at all. I knew I'd need to get ahead writing podcast scripts since I wouldn't be able to record while I was out or during the conference, and and I also knew I'd need to make sure I could take care of all my responsibilities at home after traveling for the holidays, having suitcases to unpack and whatnot. So I'd made a plan. And I wasn't overwhelmed or stressed at all, truly. But then the whole plan blew up when my roommates and I suddenly and unexpectedly needed to move out of our house a month early. So in the midst of traveling and conferences and Easter, I needed to pack up my whole house and move the day the conference ended. All of my plans to make sure I prioritized rest and to make sure I was investing in my roommates and my community group and keeping up with all my responsibilities, all those plans suddenly didn't work because the reality of moving interrupted everything. And it was so easy for me to get frustrated. I thought I'd done everything I could to schedule my commitments. I mean, I'd literally blocked time on two weekends in May to pack and move. Everything was scheduled so I wouldn't be stressed and could make sure I was well-rested. But then the move was moved up and my plans went out the window. And that's what we're talking about today. How did Jesus prioritize rest? And what was his response to interruptions? My tendency was to get really frustrated and stressed. I mean, 
that wasn't just my tendency. I was frustrated and I was stressed. How do you respond when your plans don't work? You're tired. You get interrupted. What's interesting is that in verse 35, we read that Jesus rose very early in the morning while it was still dark to go pray. And one commentator pointed out that after such a busy day the day before, most people, if not everyone, would sleep in, but not Jesus. Even though he'd had a long day the day before, he prioritized getting up early to spend time with his heavenly father through prayer, which is really convicting because typically when we're busy and tired, time with the Lord is the first thing to go, but not for Jesus. It's almost as if he prioritized it even more because he was tired. Jesus, he models dependence in light of his weakness as a human and humility in that he considered time with the Father more significant and worthwhile than the time he could have spent for himself sleeping in a little later. Jesus was a human. One commentator said this, Prayerlessness typically manifests self-sufficiency, but prayerfulness reveals humility. I'm going to read that again. Prayerlessness typically manifests self-sufficiency, but prayerfulness reveals humility. And that's what we see in Jesus. As the story continues in verse 36, we see what that kind of self-sufficiency looks like. Simon and those who were with him searched for him, verse 37, and they found him and said to him, everyone is looking for you. And if you're a parent, I bet you can identify with Simon. You know what this feeling's like. You're trying to get all the kids in the car to go to church or to community group or even just to the movies, and everybody's loaded up except for one kid or maybe your spouse. And you're looking and looking, and your kid's totally zoned out on a show or video game, not realizing it's time to go, or they're looking for their other shoe or going to the bathroom or whatever. And you're like, come on, we're all waiting. We're in the car. We need to go. We're going to be late. And I think that's the closest I can get to what Simon's attitude might have been. Jesus wasn't where he expected. He had to go search or go get out of the car to go find him. And then there were people waiting on Simon to go and find Jesus. There were people left in the car. So that sets the scene. Jesus, he had this plan. I know yesterday was a long day, but I'm going to get up early, spend extended time with the Father, go pray. That was Christ's priority, and Simon had a different plan. Jesus is missing. All these people are counting on him. He's the man of the hour. Where is he? I better go find him. And I'm kind of in a panic because everybody's looking for him, and Simon's thinking, I'm supposed to know where Jesus is. And so you've got these conflicting values because Jesus is coming from a place where his priorities really are in line as they should be, and Simon's priorities are a little out of whack. He just didn't know it yet. And so when they come together, how does Jesus respond to Simon's interruption? Or said differently, how does Jesus respond to Simon's misplaced priorities? Simon and his companions, one commentator says, who they were, who these companions were, isn't important. But the gist is that this group, Simon and these guys, did not understand Jesus's need for prayer. They seem to have had the common attitude that, When things are favorable, we don't need God's help. Their words implied annoyance. Apparently, they felt Jesus was not taking advantage of his popularity to promote his mission. Remember, everybody's looking for you, Jesus. Where are you at? They did not realize God directed Christ's mission, not the responses of people. 
So the commentator pointed out that Jesus' purpose was not to heal as many people as possible, but to confront men or people in general with reality. And this reality would say, hey, every person has an important question to answer, which is to say, who do you believe Jesus is? Not, hey, show up for a show, show up and let's see this guy heal a bunch of people. The whole point in everything Jesus was doing was to proclaim truth. And Peter seemed to believe that Jesus's healing ministry was the top priority. Jesus could do amazing things for people physically, and he seemed to think that needed to continue with maximum efficiency. It's a let's keep going, keep pushing kind of attitude. And we see this in other places throughout scripture. In John 7, Peter encouraged Jesus to stay where he could not escape pressure to perform miracles. John 7, 3. So his brothers said to him, leave here and go to Judea, that your disciples also may see the works you're doing. For no one works in secret if he seeks to be known openly. If you do these things, show yourself to the world. But Jesus didn't operate under this logic. Instead, Jesus chose to move on to other parts of Galilee where he could present the truth, which we saw earlier in the chapter. That's Mark 1 verses 14 and 15, when Jesus went away to the wilderness to be tempted. Here in this scenario, at the end of the chapter, Jesus doesn't respond to Simon's interruption or Simon's agenda with anger or frustration. And he also doesn't let Simon's agenda derail his own. He still goes on to proclaim truth. He doesn't stay and heal people. But in that, Jesus did allow Simon's interruption to end his time alone. And I think there's something there for all of us. First, we don't have to respond to interruptions with anger or frustration. Jesus spoke plainly in response, but he didn't dismiss the interruption and say, let me finish praying. You guys come back later. He did allow himself to be interrupted. His time in prayer ended. But Jesus didn't cave to Simon's agenda. He stayed on his singular mission, what God had for him, to teach truth, not to just heal people for the sake of making a big show. There's something there for us as well. Sometimes, We can let the opinions or thoughts of others take the lead in our own lives. But remember Galatians 1.10. We are servants of God, working to please Him, not the people around us. So as we read through the book of Mark and invite friends to read along with us, sometimes our reading plans will get derailed. But all the while, we know what God is calling us to do. He's calling us to spend time with Him. Be patient amidst interruptions. Show grace to friends when they get behind. But at the same time, walk with a confident resolve. We know what we've been called to do, to prioritize time with our King and to share truth. Interruptions aren't an excuse to let discipline and priorities slide, and they also aren't an excuse to lose our patience. But God might be trying to show you something through them. That's all we've got time for today, and I'm so glad we're all on this journey together. Thanks for listening. Did you know you can help support Join the Journey by rating and reviewing this podcast? Leaving a review helps others more easily find the podcast and read along with us. So we'd love your help.